University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. During my college years, I was obsessed with the idea of call. I sensed that God was leading me on a path of ministry and maybe even missions, but I wanted to be sure. Had I really been called? Had I understood this call correctly? I went to Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. It's a Baptist college filled with lots of very lovely, good Christian folks. And many of them talked a lot about the call they had received from God. But my call didn't feel quite as direct as some of their stories. It, did, it didn't feel quite as audible as many of my friends described. Maybe you've experienced something similar, or maybe you have had a very audible word from God. As I've grown older and hopefully a little bit wiser, I've come to understand God's call a little differently. My husband and John and I had the opportunity to work with a number of high school students and young adults in our ministry in Slovakia. One of the activities we had them do is describe what type of transportation they felt best fit the idea of God's call. Is it like riding in a car, using a map or maybe a GPS, where you know where you're going and you just have to follow the map? You have to follow the directions correctly. If you make a wrong turn, however, you have to do a U-turn and find a new way to get there. Or maybe it's like riding on a train. Now, trains are my favorite mode of transportation in Europe, and we're, we're kind of missing it a little in Louisiana, so we might have to take the Amtrak to Atlanta sometime. With a train, you get your ticket, you enjoy the scenery along the way, you wait until your stop comes, praying that you won't sleep through your stop or get off at the wrong stop. Or perhaps it's like an airplane. As, you, as long as you get on the right plane, you're going to arrive at the right destination. We can sit back, relax, have our Coke and our peanuts, and we rely on the pilot to do his or her job. We don't have to do a lot of work to get there safely. The pilot is doing that work. My favorite way to picture God's call on our lives is a sailboat. When I was a teenager, my dad built his own wooden sailboat. It took hundreds of hours. But as once it was finished, I have beautiful memories of being out on the water with him. I can remember the feeling of the wind whipping through my hair with only the sound of the waves lapping on the boat. And maybe my dad's voice telling me we were coming about. In his boat, you kind of had to duck when we came about. With a sailboat, there's not a definite path, but rather an entire body of water to be explored. The goal isn't to get to the other side or to get to a specific place, but rather to find where the wind is moving and to go there. We are an integral part of the process, but we also rely heavily on the wind of the spirit, if you will. We have to watch and read the water so that we know how to really get moving. Now, my dad's boat was small and only had one sail, but larger boats like this one have multiple sails and require a group of people to sail them. It takes teamwork to get the boat moving. They rely on each other. 
Now you might be able to think of some other connections between following God and God's call and sailing. I'd love to hear them afterwards. There are many stories of call in the Bible. There are many stories I could have drawn on today for us to look at call. Young and old, male and female, majority culture as well as marginalized populations, many have heard the voice of God, either audibly or in very creative ways. But today I want us to look at the story of a young boy being raised in the temple who hears the voice of the Lord and responds. Now I've heard this scripture used many times in speaking to young people and to children to help them see that God cares about them and God calls them. While I hope that we know and believe that, I also pray that each of you, no matter what your age, might find yourself in this story today. Hear the word of the Lord. Reading from 1 Samuel, starting with chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived finally, that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. So let's unpack this story a little bit. We have this young boy. We don't know how young, but we know he's not yet an adult. He's been serving and living in the house of God since he's been weaned. Even though he was living in the temple with the Eli the priest, verse 7 says the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Surely he knew about God, but he didn't yet recognize the voice of the Lord. In the previous chapter, Eli has already received a prophecy against his house. Eli knows that his days are numbered as a priest. And um, he also is old. His sons are, the Bible says, scoundrels. And his eyesight is failing. Verse 1 tells us that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. But God came to this boy in the temple. God didn't come to the wizened Eli, but rather to this young boy. So I'll start with the most obvious point, one that's been the focus of many sermons, probably some that you've heard, and that is that God's call knows no age or type of person. 
Throughout the Bible, God surprises us with the people he calls. The shepherd boy, David, the runaway Moses, the young, unwed Mary. God does not pick the people that we expect. Now, I want to tell you about a dear friend of mine named Denisa. For most of the years we were living in Slovakia, I went and saw Denisa every Wednesday morning. She and I would have a great time together. I taught her English and she helped me with Slovak. I think my job, her job might have been a little harder than mine. She was always a joyful reminder to me of God's goodness and God's love. But most of all, she taught me so much about living a life of joy in very difficult circumstances. Denisa has multiple sclerosis and she spends her days, most of her days at home and in a wheelchair. She believes that God has called her to pray for her city and to pray for her church, and she does that faithfully. She has not allowed her mobility issues to keep her from seeking God's way for her life and following that faithfully. I can remember even as a young teenager sailing with my dad. I didn't have to be an adult or someone with some kind of a special degree to enjoy the thrill of sailing. And you might remember in 2011, Laura Decker, at the age of 16, became the first and the youngest person to sail around, not the first, the youngest person to sail around the world. She certainly did not believe in age boundaries. Maybe you feel like you're too young or too old, too female or your body is too fragile, or maybe you've got too much life baggage to hear and respond to God's call. But God doesn't know these boundaries. Those are human-created boundaries. Those are rules that we have set up, not God. Another important thing about the call is that God's call knows no specific profession. In the Bible, God called people to lead nation, to birth babies, to find donkeys, to gather children, as well as to be kings and prophets. Even though Eli was the priest, God came to the young boy Samuel to speak a word to Eli. You don't have to be a minister or a missionary or something big in the church to be called by God. When I was growing up, my dad, who was a minister, reminded my sister and me often that he had been called by God to do his work. But my mother, who was a teacher, had also been called by God to do her work. I should have brought Kleenexes up here, but I did not, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I have a dear friend in Slovakia who I believe has been called by God to do good work among the Roma people and the children and the families in her community. Magdalena teaches in the local elementary school, and she teaches her children about numbers and letters, but she also teaches them compassion and love for each other. Her job is not easy but she goes about it faithfully. She's done so many different things in her life, including earning a PhD, but currently she faithful ser faithfully serves the children in her community. God has called each of us to something. Another important thing that can be gleaned from this passage is that we need others in this process. Samuel heard a voice, but he needed Eli to help him not only understand the voice, whose voice it was, but also to respond and to know how to respond. Eli heard a prophecy from the Lord and he heard it through the young Samuel. 
Now, if we were to read on in this chapter, you'd see that this message that Eli received from God was not great news. One commentary said that Samuel delivered a message that was the bone-chilling, ear-tingling prediction of his mentor's doom. Eek. But Eli received this message with humility. It doesn't even seem to me that he was bitter. God has sent the message through Samuel. TheBoatingHub.com says, when it comes to competitive sailing, being the fastest relies on working together with anyone else on board in an efficient manner. From two-man boats to very large vessels with huge crews, only working together will provide the best chance of success. Now granted, we aren't trying to be the fastest to the finish line, but I think there's some wisdom in this. Working together will provide us the best chance of success, the best chance of hearing God's voice and following it. Are you like Samuel? And God is speaking to you, but you need someone else to help you understand it. Or perhaps you are like Eli, and you might help another person notice and understand God's call on their lives. Or maybe like Eli, you need to graciously receive God's word through another person. I'm hoping it won't be the bone-chilling prediction of your doom. Maybe you need to surround yourself by a team, with a team like that on a champion sailboat. The Bible demonstrates that God has no specific way of calling people. There isn't some certain way you can know that you've heard from God. Moses had his burning bush experience. David was called out by another. Samuel heard a voice in the night. And Elijah found God in the quiet. Mary received a, a visit from an angel. For me, it might be a sense of peace in my spirit or a feeling between John and I that we're moving in the right direction. For you, it might be the joy that you feel doing something that you love. For another, it might be an important conversation with a mentor that helps guide you in the right direction. God has created us each uniquely, and God will call us to his work uniquely. There's not one specific train or plane that we have to stress over getting on. We have an open body of water just ready to be explored. I did a little research about sailing for, in preparation for this sermon. Remember, I was a teenager when Dad was teaching me these things, and I'm coming to learn that teenagers don't always listen to everything you say. I found out that one of the most important parts of sailing is learning how to read the wind. When the wind is strong, it's fairly easy to get going fast, but when there isn't much wind, it is more difficult. Many sailors read the water. They watch the way the wind is playing on the water. Some sailboats have what's called a windex, which is a wind direction indicator at the top of the mast that aids them in finding the direction of the wind. Once you've found the wind, you can adjust your sail to make sure it's hitting your sail in the most efficient way. There's these little strings that hang on the sails. They're called telltales. And they can also help you know that you have maximized the wind. You are going in the right direction. Sailors has, have all these methods of reading and indicating if they are going the right way. They don't just put the boat on a course and stop thinking. They have to continually be watching and using their tools and their skills to stay moving forward. We have these skills as well, and they are all around us. 
As many of you know, my family just moved from Slovakia in Central Eastern Europe, where we served with the Roma people there. This is officially my fourth Sunday as Minister of Children and Retirees, and as you can imagine, it has been an exciting and a very busy month. One of the most frequent questions that John and I have heard in this transition process is, how did you know, or why did you leave? That's not an easy question to answer. We didn't wake up in the middle of the, one, of the night one night and just say, Baton Rouge. But for us, it was a growing feeling that God was calling us to something new and something different. In the same way that God had called us 10 years before to something new and something different when we moved from Virginia to Slovakia. We consulted with various trusted mentors. We prayed together as a couple and we prayed together separately. We looked at the situation logically, and we looked at the situation spiritually. And then we took some steps of faith carefully, and we prayed, and we gathered counsel some more. In the end, this position and this church felt like the place that God was calling our family. Over and over in this process, we said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we listened, and then we acted on that. We could see something new in the horizon, so we set our sights on that place. We watched for the wind to move, and we adjusted our sails accordingly. Samuel is also a good reminder, a reminder to us that we don't always get it right the first time. It took Eli three times to remember what was going on, and he was a pretty seasoned man of God. God's grace allows us to correct, to see where the wind might be blowing in another place, and to go there. We keep listening and we keep trying. The important thing wasn't how many times it took before Samuel answered, it was the fact that he eventually did answer. Not only did he answer, but he listened to God and he obeyed. As I've already admitted, I don't remember a lot about the details of sailing. I can remember the thrill of being out on the boat with my dad, talking and sharing the experience of sailing together. But I can also remember the sound of the sail flapping in the wind when we didn't get it quite right. It wasn't the end of the world when we didn't get it right. We just adjusted and we tried again. Dad would find another patch of wind and we'd head in that direction. Now recently, uh, my dad is here and he's been giving me some uh, last minute sailing pointers. And recently he was telling me the story of the first time he tried sailing. He had rented a small little boat, and the guy who he'd rented it from was giving him instructions from the dock. In order to sail it, he had to have one hand on the rope that was attached to the sail and the other on the tiller. The man told him it was a boat prone to tipping. Isn't that just what you want to hear on your first solo uh, sail into the wind? So the guy told him if he felt like he was going to tip, all he had to do was relax, let go, and the boat would right itself. It sounds like something I need to do now and then. I get so focused on finding what God wants me to do. Sometimes I just need to relax, to let go, and let the boat right itself. If we keep listening, we will eventually recognize God's call. It takes practice, and it isn't something that most of us are very good at right away. But you know what? As clearly as I can remember that flapping sail sound, I can also remember the thrill of hitting the wind just right and just flying through the water. 
So back to the scripture. In verse 18, it says that Samuel told Eli everything and hid nothing from him. So we see that Samuel obeyed and did as God had instructed. It's important that we remember that God's call demands our response. Some calls are big and life-changing and require us to move to another city or even around the world, but most are small and yet vitally important. Some calls require us to speak truth to a friend or step out on faith with a new job or a new relationship. Some calls sound like our pastor or other church leader encouraging us to fill out a form and volunteer in important places in the life of the church. I am so honored to have the opportunity to work with both children and their families as well as the retirees in this new position. I'm excited about the opportunities for us to find our God-given talents and use them to help us say together, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and then do something about it. How is God calling you? Is it a small voice? Is it being spoken through the voice of a mentor? Or maybe even through the voice of someone younger and not quite as wise as you? I encourage you to keep praying and keep watching and keep listening. What is God calling you to do? Is it a big step out or is it a small but important decision? Each of us has a place in God's work in the world and in this church. What will yours be? What will ours as a church be? How can we work together in this process? Only working together will provide us our best chance of finding and fulfilling God's call. I'm excited to be in this boat and part of this adventure with you. Are you ready to study the water, find where the wind is moving, and adjust our sails accordingly? Or maybe some of us just need to relax, to let go, and let the boat right itself. I pray we are all willing to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Will you listen? And then, will you obey? We'll just take a couple moments of time of reflection now. <laughs>